welcome back to Harmony Beats Balance with your hostess with sometimes the mostess, Dana Mahina and special guests, a recurring guest, an important guest and a vital person in my life. And by now all of yours. Welcome back, Sonia. Hi, everyone. It's good to be back. Aloha. Aloha. Today's show is dedicated to three topics. We're trying something a little bit different. It's new year. We made a bunch of promises, none of which we've kept yet. Dun, dun, dun. Today's the day. As you all know, we have a new show in the works, an upgraded show, an uplifted show, the facelift to the show without the surgery. Right, Sonia? That's right. (laughs) No pain whatsoever and all the beauty. We're going to be Starting now, today, instead of taking questions and really talking through what's on the minds and hearts and in the souls and guts of all of the people we're able to reach, both listeners and clients and friends throughout the world of social media, sometimes a toxic wasteland, unfortunately, we're here to uplift. So we're going to cover three categories of topics today and give as much wisdom as we can. What are those topics for today? So today we will be talking about life in trimesters, burnout, and the ways to kind of navigate those. So life in trimesters, we're going to start there. So Sonia represents one trimester. (laughs) (laughs) I am the first trimester. I am the second trimester. The woman that we house share with that we've talked about in this show a little bit, who happens to be a little more than 80, she's in the third trimester. So this is not the equivalency of pregnancy. So we're not talking about that today. No No, way. No, no, no. Okay. No, that's not what we're talking about. Not that. We are talking about life itself as if you were to have three major chronological trimesters for lack of a better word without being so redundant where up until around the early 30s you got something going on there's a lot of growth there's a lot of learning there's a lot of hiccups and there can be a lot of messiness the second trimester let's just say a little north of 30 all the way through around 60 ish you are learning still, and you're hopefully, we don't like that word, but it's true. We have to have faith, making less mistakes, putting yourself at less risk, doing more to put yourself first, applying some of the learning, you're gathering knowledge faster because you've got a lot of experience. And let's face it, we've made a bunch of mistakes and we've learned and we've grown. Yeah, And the third sure. trimester, <laughs> you're really sort of the later stage of life. And again, the the age and the numbers are way less important. You need to apply this to you, dear listeners, and how it feels to you in terms of your own big chunks of life, as if you're on a ladder and that first rung is a huge leap and there aren't a bunch of little steps in between. Then the second rung is another huge leap. And then the third rung is a massive leap. Think of it like that. Now, the little steps in between are vital. They're just not visible for this image today. So as you reach the sort of the golden years or or however the senior people, kupuna on this island of Kauai say it, you start to really reflect back. It's less forward 
and aspirational and more back. What worked, what didn't, what legacy am I leaving? How am I setting it up for those I love generationally? So that's the setup for this particular topic. Now, Sonia. (laughs) Yes. Welcome back to the hot seat. Oh, yes. I've been been expecting this. (laughs) What is the one thing, and this will segue into one of today's other topics, starts with B. What is the one major hurdle, obstacle, you missed the rung on the ladder, you went for it, and you just like, oop, flat on your ass. What is that that you just experienced and went through where we can help people in that first trimester to either learn or avoid if possible? What lesson you just had? What was it? So I was, uh, I hit burnout like a truck. I mean, it came out of seemingly nowhere and just hit me full force. Um, yeah, it was rough. It definitely missed the rung on the ladder, as you said. Pretty, I missed a few rungs on that ladder. Um, yeah, so basically what happened is I was vacationing in Vietnam in January. And I did what I always do, which is I try and minimize uh, the amount of work I have to come back to by doing a little bit of work while I am traveling. I've been doing this for, I don't know, two years and never, I almost said I I never had any problems, but that's not true. I never noticed any problems. Well, I noticed a problem on this trip in which everybody around me said, Sonia, you are the physical manifestation of burnout. (laughs) Please, (laughs) please, please just take a vacation. You're already on the way to it if you're not actually already burnt out. So you may as well just hit the bottom now and, you know, recoup your energy and your strength. And so I had a minor breakdown over the fact that I would have to stop working um, after professing and being insistent that I am not a workaholic. Uh, (laughs) The irony does not escape me. Um, And I actually took two weeks off. You know, I called Dana and I said, I am not well. I am having major, major mental health problems. I'm burnt out. And I didn't realize, and Dana was like, I didn't realize. I'm like, yeah, and nobody realized because I didn't realize. I didn't realize that I was burning out. I didn't listen to my body. I was like, oh, I'm just tired or I'm just feeling a little lazy today or, oh, I'm just having a little trouble focusing. It'll pass. And I would push through it until I stopped feeling that way. Not because I dealt with the issue, but because I refused to acknowledge that those issues were still happening in the background. And... So then Dana was amazing as always and helped pull everything off of my plate. Um, Let me know what had to be, what she could take. And then let me know what could wait the two weeks. And I took two weeks off for the first time, actually off for the first time in two years where I didn't, I turned email off. I turned text off. I didn't, I like literally deleted the app off of my phone. So I wouldn't be tempted to look because old habits die hard. And I actually took a vacation. And the first week was guilt, just guilt. <laughs> For the first episode week. three, 33 and 79, or something like that, of our three years worth of episodes sitting out there on any platform you get your podcast. Please listen if you are interested in eradicating guilt. 
please continue. We'll, we'll, we'll link them in the show notes as well. Oh, great. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so the first week was mostly guilt because obviously after Dana helped like unload a lot of my work and helped me prioritize and figure all this out, I felt better because the weight had been lifted off, but that was immediately coupled with, oh, well, you feel better now. So you didn't even have to have a breakdown. You didn't have to feel the way that you do. You're fine now. You just, you know, you overreacted, you were being overdramatic, you were tired and you let it get to you, all these things. That was about a week of it. And then after a week, my brain finally decided that it couldn't guilt me anymore because I wasn't going to do anything about it. And it shut off the guilt. (laughs) And I was actually able to enjoy that week of vacation and relax and be present with uh, my cousin and her girlfriend who I was traveling with and actually enjoy what I was doing and not trying to juggle multiple things in my head. And I came back with a vengeance because I finally had energy. <laughs> Imagine that. Do yes. what energizes you and don't do what de-energizes <laughs> you. Where have we heard that before? So yeah. there is this old adage that we teach what we most need to learn. That's coaches, counselors, teachers, you name it. We also have this very old adage, and it probably doesn't translate to all the places that listen to our show, especially in certain parts of the world. I'll give you the American adage, which is the shoemaker's children have no shoes. What that really means is that shoemaker is so focused on serving customers. They don't serve the family and they don't serve themselves, not because they're a-holes, most likely. It's because they're burnt out. Yeah, exhausted. Yeah. So when you look back now at this particular situation in this trimester you're in, which is trimester one, if you were to look up and out strategically at semester, 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 (laughs) trimester two, some of us live our lives in semesters, right? You're like, hey, until I'm around 70, I'm, I'm still in that first trimester, which is now a semester and the rest, whatever's left. Ah, screw it. I don't really want to learn and grow. And for those of you that are listening, turn off the show. We love you. And we're not talking to you, not on this show, because we're actually talking about aspirational learning today and right. getting through the trimesters with purpose by design, not like, hey, let's see what happens. Roll the dice. It ain't Vegas, your life, baby. It's just not. So as you look aspirationally into this next trimester, which you're right around the corner from, most likely. I am. What will you do differently? Not just work because it isn't just, you know, your couple of clients and your writing and your stuff that you would call work. It's more than that. It wasn't like you were only burned out in the career facet and you were thriving Sonia in well-being. That ain't true. What? Oh, no, no, no. (laughs) So no, what you gonna do? Hey, (laughs) yeah. It definitely wasn't that isolated. I mean, work was the easiest thing to kind of latch onto in the moment that was causing, because I've been like, burnout doesn't happen overnight. It's not like you're, you're fine one day and the next morning you wake up, you're like, oh, I'm burnt out. No, that, that's, that's not really how it works. Work was just the easiest thing to see and to feel burnt out about because it's external to me. 
and it's other people asking me to do things, which is fine and totally normal, but it's easier to see that as causing burnout than maybe what you're doing within yourself that's causing burnout. So that was just the easiest thing to latch onto. Cause to your point, it's not like I was overworking. I, you and I, you know, I manage my hours very well. You and I have an agreement on how I manage my hours. It definitely wasn't overwork. It was, it was me not taking one, not listening to my body and dismissing things that I should have been listening to as, like I said, being lazy or being unmotivated or just lacking a little focus today. Like instead of listening to those things, especially when they happened over and over again and were a pattern, I was just like, oh, I guess I'm, a, I'm, guess I'm just a lazy person and I have to fight this for the rest of my life. That's, which is wrong. It's incorrect. I'm not a lazy person. Um, I so- can vouch for that. And so can <laughs> hundreds of others that she has worked with over the years that I've known her. Lazy is not an adjective that would go anywhere close to your name if you were a word in the dictionary that would not describe you at all. <laughs> no, and logically I know this. It's just when I, you know, you're you're used to certain things or you have certain ideas about yourself and, you know, upbringing and things like that, you know, it's it's an easy one to kind of latch on to. Lazy. It's a really easy one at least for me to like latch on to. Yeah, will you um, just add a little culture flavor to that as well so that yeah. listeners that aren't so American might relate a little more to you coming from Eastern Europe. What's the culture that you were raised with in terms of how you would talk to yourself if you're burning out? What would your culture most likely teach you? Yeah. So, and I'm going to preface this by saying that I adore and I love my family. Oh, of course. (laughs) And I would do anything for them. Yeah, Um, of course. But yeah, there is definitely this culture. You know, my grandma used to say that depression is a sickness of the rich. Wow. Say that again. Depression is the, is a sickness of the rich. Meaning, wow. you know, my family, not all of them, but a large portion of them are blue collar workers. They are welders, they are factory workers, they are painters, that kind of stuff. If I go to them and I tell them that I'm feeling a little unmotivated today, they go, oh, so are you feeling a little unmotivated today? Did you work a 16 hour factory shift? No, you don't have a, you don't have a reason to feel tired, right? And growing up, there was this little bit of mentality of if you didn't want to do something, especially as a kid, you didn't want to help clean, you didn't want to do something, you're a lazy kid. You are, you are lazy. Oh, this lazy kid doesn't want to help clean. This five-year-old doesn't want to help clean a kitchen. <laughs> lazy child. <laughs> I'm sure there are choice words in Hungarian that we will not share today or put in the show notes. I can no. imagine what those words sound like. A lot of us grew up with multi- generational households and multicultural generational households. I I don't talk about it that often. My grandmother was from Austria and spoke German more than English and also some Yiddish, which I to this day do not understand a word of. And she had words for me that translated into things that meant like little fox, which meant I was cunning or something. And I'm like three years old. I don't know about that, but yeah, Yeah, yeah. There is yeah, there's there, a definite difference in the way we grow up and the affect of that. So, so you already had sort of a picture in your mind of what yeah. you were doing and what you were not doing. And it was not only your own opinion. <laughs> no, I mean, we are, we are products of our own environments and, and I'm, I would like to say that I am smart. Like I said, logically, I know it's not true. The, the, 
I, nobody's lazy, at least in my family that I know of. Um, the fact that I, you know, I got an education and I'm not working a factory job is a choice that I made for my life. Um, because I didn't want to work 16 hours in a factory overnight. Like that just wasn't for me. I, I, it's not worth it for me. Um, so, but that doesn't mean that I'm not allowed to feel burnt out or that I'm not allowed to be tired from my life. And that's, so that was the other thing is it wasn't just work, right? Like outside of work, I'm always doing things. I'm always trying to grow and I'm trying to learn. I'm trying to do new things. I have a garden. I write, I do all these things. And, you know, I try and take care of my house because I do work from home. My husband does not. So I try as much as I can to take care of my chores and do a little more of the chores than my husband does because I'm literally home. Um, but I never really took time just for me. Maybe a day here or there. But other than that, not really. And not listening to that part of myself or when I'm feeling like I needed it kind of like treating myself like a tantruming child. Just, it's, I just bottled it up until it literally came out of me in a very dramatic way. <laughs> so for those listeners that are relating to this, which I might imagine many of you are relating to this, I still relate to this occasionally. I'm, I'm just more practiced at stopping it before it starts. I see the warning indicator light come on as if I were a vehicle warning, low oil. <laughs> so I know what to do. And preventative maintenance makes a huge difference. If you are not relating or feeling this way, or you've been able to navigate around burnout yourself, congratulations. Make sure you pass it around and down, meaning to friends and family and children and grandchildren, depending on who you are and what trimester of life you're in. Make sure you pass these stories down on what to do what not to do, what the signs are, and how to keep burnout from happening. That's how to build generational wealth way beyond money, way beyond money. So please look around and pass it on and pass it down. Most human beings today, especially in the environment we live in, regardless of where you're listening to the show, are dealing with yourself or someone around you who's burned out quite often not only once or twice a year, but living with hangover burnout, meaning pretty much all the time. And you'll hear people say, I'm on fumes. I'm on fumes means I am in a perpetual state of burnout and nothing good comes of that. So we really feel for all of you and we would love you to really, as listeners, tell us what's working for you to keep burnout from happening to you and your loved ones and what Things do you still need help with to make sure as you grow through the trimesters of your life, you're actually setting yourself up for success. So let's wrap this section with what is one outcome from your discovery on burnout and how to avoid it? What's one thing you're going to do, Sonia, to set yourself up for success going forward as you're reaching up into this next trimester? Well, I'll, I'll, I'll say two because one's obvious. I will take vacation. <laughs> okay, <laughs> okay listeners. Easy. If she's on the show when she says she's on vacation, it's only because she really wanted to call in and was having a good time. Right. Um, so that's that's the easy one. That's, that's the obvious. Let's call it All the right. obvious one. Two okay. actual weeks off. Two, okay. two to three actual weeks off. Right? What's the hard one? The hard one is restructuring self-talk. So when I am feeling 
a specific way, let's say unmotivated. This not this morning, but I'm using an example. This morning, I feel unmotivated. Instead of treating myself like a tantruming child, I go a little easier on myself that day. Instead of doing, you know, my to-do lists are never ending, but let's say instead of doing the 10 things I had set out for that day, I'll do two. And just be a little kinder to myself that day so that I don't run myself into the ground and then have a, a little bit of a blowout because I didn't listen. So for you achiever and overachiever types, yep, talking to you, listen up. We need you to give yourself a break. And if the two out of 10 things that you choose to do today are really important things, things you're really passionate about, things that absolutely have to get done, that's good enough. Not every day is a two out of 10. And not every day is a 10 out of 10. And it's the days that are 15 out of 10 that get us in a lot of trouble. Yeah, that's right. Well, that was incredible. And we're so grateful you shared your, your journey. That's really part of the journey. And you know, awesome. I can't imagine the listeners aren't relating to this. And, and you look, if you've gotten past this or you just aren't wired this way, DM Lucky us. You. Dana. <laughs> Hold on to that. Don't DM Sonia because she's going to make you feel bad because, you know. I appreciate what you okay. (laughs) That's not okay. Who are you that's gotten past this already? Whatever trimester. So DM me, Dana.Mahina on Instagram, Dana Mahina, every other place you find social, Twitter, LinkedIn, et cetera, et cetera. Or check out the website, DanaMahina.com for all kinds of free stuff. And as always, like the show, share the show, subscribe to the show wherever you find your podcast. Two out of three topics. Boom, boom. Now we've got one left, which is what? Navigating through burnout. So navigating through burnout. Yeah. Mm. So what my advice would be has someone who recently, just a few weeks ago, went through, navigated through her burnout. Make sure you have a support network under you that you trust and you know you can rely on. One, you can trust them to help you through it, whether it's great if you have, you know, someone like Dana in your life will help you literally pull work off of your plate. If you don't have that, not everybody has that. Having friends who are like, I had a two hour conversation on a rooftop with a friend telling me like, you need to stop what you're doing because you're already on the way to burnout. Just hit bottom now because it's not like you're changing anything in your life anyway. So you may as well speed up the process. Have people who are honest with you, who will tell you. And then once you take those steps, who will support you through those things. That, and build that before you hit burnout, please. (laughs) So in the world of strategic coaching, we call that future proofing. We've talked about that on this show, not a whole lot. So I'll do my best to just introduce the concept. And perhaps that will be some of the upcoming shows is navigational tools for future proofing. So Sonia gave really a spot on example of how to get ahead of it. And again, that's sort of like stopping it before it starts. That's idealistic and wonderful. And if you do it, great. You will probably do a fantastic job avoiding burnout as you navigate through your trimesters. For those of us that are hard learners, which is many of us, 
we need a little more. So what you would do in addition to taking Sonia's advice and applying it and trying it on and testing it and tweaking it for you, just for you, because again, you're you and no one gets to be you but you. I also want you to consider the fact that you have ways to set up what I call the trap doors, not a bad trap, but a good trap, like an exit route. So trap door number one might be you have that support system. And if they see that you look exhausted, they hear that your tone is weak, they feel that you are making plans and all of a sudden canceling all the time, please, please, please give them permission to say something to you and don't attack them for it and don't discount what they're saying. Someone who cares about you is a really important trap door for you to be able to fall gently through onto a soft mattress on the other side. They've caught you before you get spun into that burnout cycle. And it doesn't have to be a close, close friend. It may be a coworker that's more objective and that notices you spend much time together, let's say, and you know they care about you, you've built trust. Sometimes someone less close in your group is easier to hear that feedback from. So set that up. And the other one I want you to consider is talking to yourself as if you were in the third person. Now, Sonia doesn't know maybe. She already did it today. And I was counting and I lost count. No, I didn't. Around, yeah, you said you when you were talking about yourself. Talking about yourself in the second person where you're saying you about yourself. Yeah, I didn't notice I did that. Yeah, that's usually your inner voice, your wise, aspirational self. The self that already lives in the next trimester that's saying, hey, you, (laughs) talking to yourself in the second person, you are about to burn out. You are going downhill fast. You are about to get sick. You are about to get fired. You are about to lie. All because you are avoiding the way you're truly feeling and the way you're truly navigating life, which is on a burnout crash course cycle. Imagine you're on a motorcycle speeding through the curve and you hit the wall because you never, ever, ever, never slow down. That voice, that conscious voice that says to you about yourself, hey, you, listen up to the hey, you, the hey, you, is there to protect you and there to be your navigational life partner. And they will lay track in front of that speeding train as fast as they can to keep you safe and to keep you thriving. So the you in you. It's also, I think, a little bit of disassociation. It's easier to, because you're not hitting your identity or your perceptions or your emotions if they're very, very deep or very personal. You're not hitting them as hard when you switch to the second person, you get to put a little bit of distance between what happened and yourself because this stuff is hard. And like for me, it hit my identity very, very hard on how I viewed myself, what I thought about myself. Like it it hit it very hard and it's easier to put that distance so you can be a little more objective. So I agree, it's there to protect you, not just because it's your second trimester person like looking in, but also because it's just easier for you to see yourself and talk to yourself when you're not saying, hey, me. (laughs) 
I need to stop this. It's easier to say you need to stop this. Yes. Yes. And I'm glad now that you recognize you that that was what was happening as you were unpacking your wisdom for our listeners. You were already giving advice from that second person, more objective vantage point with that distance. And for some of you, that distance may also have a safety mechanism. And we appreciate that. And we understand that. And we've all been there. And keeping you safe and out of harm's way is so vital to living and leading a harmonious life. Of course, we want you thriving. So some of you are dealing with safety and some of you are dealing with uh, what we call existentialism. And some of you are dealing with incredibly tough circumstances that go way beyond work per se burnout. You're really dealing with life issues that are incredibly hard. And we just want you to feel that on this show, we've got you, we've got your back. We'll put out that mattress. If you have to fall through a trap door, we won't let you fall to the bottom. We'll actually catch you with a soft mattress and be kind to yourself and be kind to others. And they'll be kind back in exchange to you. So in honor of kindness and today's show, life in trimesters, avoiding that nasty bee and burnout and finding navigational ways to succeed Last word goes to Sonia. I think if if you walk away from anything from today's show, I think what you should walk away with is two things. One, listen to yourself. Do not dismiss what your body and your mind are telling you. It's for a reason. Figure out what that reason is. And then dismiss it if it's dismissible. (laughs) (laughs) and dismiss it if it's dismissible so class you are officially dismissed on harmony beats balance stay tuned for new and exciting show updates coming your way very very soon as always thank you to our beautiful guest sonia thank you thank you for having me back mahalo 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 from the bottom of our aloha filled spiritual heart And on the islands, whether you're visiting, you live here, or you're listening from afar, and you're an island aspirational human being, we give you a hui ho until the next time we meet and until we meet again. Until next time, be kind to yourselves. (laughs) 